feeling kind of sporty. Went to the bar, caught me a 40. Got kind of high and uh, kind of drunk, so I kicked the ass of this little punk. Forgot my key, had to ring my bell. My mama came from. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Today's guest is Schooly D. In 1985, his self-titled release came out with the hits PSK, What, Ti- what Does It Mean, and Gucci Time. Since then, he's gone on to release a handful of albums and become a legend in the hip-hop community. Uh, he is known as the first legitimate gangster rapper. Schooly, welcome to the Bobcast. Going way back, way back in time here, what first inspired you to become an MC? Uh, there was a thing like James Brown. <laughs> Tell me about James I Brown. Always, I was always singing and playing. I, had a, I was playing guitar in my family band at seven or eight. So, like, maybe like, uh, eleven. And, uh, I was doing what I was going to do today. Fucking came out of my mama's room. I know it's going to do something important. And that's the way my father raised his nine kids. He said, no fucking slouches. Everybody got to do something important. So, um, yeah, so I know it's going to do something important. What was uh, important to you about James Brown's music? Um, James Brown's music was very, it was black power, but it was very, it was, um, they saw it from both sides. Um, it was um, enlightening. Um, you know, just open up the door, and I get it myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was like, that was looking at it from both sides. It's like, look, man, all you gotta do is open up the fucking door, and we get it, we know how to do everything anybody else can do in the world. Um, and it was, it was, it was powerful. And he, had, and he had a new record, like, every other fucking week. He had a new fucking record. Whatever was happening, from hot pants, the mother popcorn, do it yeah i was fortunate to see uh, james brown after rocky four came out he did the made in america tour i saw him at the valley forge uh, convention center with my mom and dad so you're raised in the family of musicians right yeah when's your artists painters dancers take um, me back um take me back to the very first night you played in front of people your first gig Where is that again? I'm sorry. Before, before I made records or after I made records. I, like I'm talking like the first time you ever performed in front of people. The first time I ever performed in front of people, I was I was eight years old, um, and um, I had a a, a silver silken suit and some brown wingtips. There was there was a uh, a shaved off on the inside. This was split Jane Brown moves and shit. That was the first time, and we got to film of that. Um, And, and Mark and I, we just kind of like, 
You told the, uh, um, I was 20 and Mark was 16. You like to launch the branch. And basically, I mean, like, during the time when you're coming up as a rapper, what's going on in your world in Philadelphia? Um, I want to say it again. What's going on in my world is like it's something I expected since I was a kid. Um, I was, um, I just wanted to rush and get on with my life. Like, I was a painter and a sculptor. And, you know, I'm with the writer and the poet, and you know, like so. I just so when it was magic, I don't know, I don't know how old you are, but it hasn't been magic. I think the last time magic hit was when Obama was elected. Uh, it just kind of faded because of the bullshit. But that was the last time the whole world felt magical. Uh, I'm talking about between like '82 and '92, and it was. We had like punk rock, punk, 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 you know what I'm saying, hip hop, rap. We had all kinds of artists, that's why, you know what I'm saying, that they clash. It was, it was metal music, uh, skinhead. It was, you know what I'm saying, it was like, that was this, man, if you were of age at that moment, man, you fucking lived. You lived, lived, lived. And if nothing's compared, it has to be anything to compare with, with that moment. Yeah. yeah. So wait. Magic. I can't. I can't. Let's go. Magic all the way, but I can't. I can't explain how magic it was. But it was. It was a relief because we didn't have to go outside our community mm-hmm. to express ourselves. You know, so we didn't give up. We. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say it straight up because that's what it was. It was uh, um, an economic war against the racist. We didn't have. We didn't fuck with the whitey. You know what I'm saying? We don't want. We don't want Coca-Cola. We don't give a fuck about your job Yeah, uh, you, to touch upon something you said at the beginning there, punk rock, uh, you've been called the first gangster rapper, but when I went back and listened to all your stuff last night, what came to me was that you're like the first punk rock rapper. Like, Yes, yes I was. Um, Saturday night, the album was one of the top 10 in 86, 86 top 10 punk rock records. <laughs> Dude, punk and rock all the way. I think because, I think it was... Um, uh, because segregation was still around even in the 70s. That by the time like 81, 82 came, um, I feel like it was like, it was the artists and the poets and the, polit- the, new, the new politicians created this movement, this new movement, and it all was influenced by one another. It was an art form. It wasn't uh, a commodity. Yeah, it was a it was an art form, and I was creative. I was I was influenced by by the Clash and the Ramones, the Rock and Roll High School and shit. Yeah, you know what I'm So it was, um, you know, it, it was it was. It was I, I I listened to all the music, all the, all the music. Um, yeah, the late seventies, late seventies, early eighties uh, bands like the Sex Pistols. You know what I mean, and like the Furious. Yeah. Everything that was happening at the moment was an explosion of excitement. A whole culture of people trying to get their message heard. Now, school. it yeah. sounds to me, it sounds to me like you still have that message. Can you tell me, do you feel as if, like, your generation, like, stayed true to their word and, like, you know, 
continued to celebrate rebellious freedom throughout their, you know, I guess, 40s and 50s? Um, you know what, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say I was, I was a little creepy at 49, <laughs> but at 52, it's all fucking, it's like, you, it's a, it's a, it's a rebirth. Um, and I, I'm not going to say all of us, because I'm going to say, um, as far as, um, my contemporaries, I was surprised that more than half of them didn't see this as a spiritual movement. Yeah. Um, I think we all saw the spiritual movement, um, uh, I was naive, but I'm, I'm glad I was naive. I, I took it as a spiritual movement. I took it with this, like, I'm, I'm one of my ship and God. The angels gave us this music and this power to empower ourselves because we, they knew that, you know, we weren't going to get any help. So I think, I think we should keep that rebellious attitude and inspire young rebels. Because what I see, what I see wrong happening now is, um, it's like young cats who aren't part of, Wall Street's money. They ain't giving that shit to us. <laughs> we gave it to them. They're like, we ain't giving y'all your money back. You know that shit, right? See, I think that's the part of being naive today is thinking that they're going to play fair. Uh, and we knew they weren't going to play fair. <laughs> so yeah. we made our own game. Um, so I'm saying, like, I'm glad I'm still with Douglas. And um, I've been doing this 35 years professionally. I, I live and I talk and I speak. I walk the walk and talk. that message so uh if i'm not mistaken the year 1991 you release uh, how a black man feels yeah so um, 1991 is my favorite year ever because i'm 11 years old 1991 hip-hop nirvana like everything like you remember how you were saying in the beginning there like you know you felt like the whole culture like moving the movement of the people I definitely yeah. like look back at that period as you know it's my adolescence but like it also was kind of who I am as a musician and as a person now like it framed my type of thinking so what can you tell me about the year 
you're white. You can't tell me how to be black. Yeah. And when I got the cowboy, I'm like, oh, I got to step this shit up a notch. I got, you know, I got to get some H. Pat Brown up in this joint because this is California, New York, at least was intellectual, but California, that was fucking la-la land out there. So I made the blackest, meanest, rebellious record. So like, if you're going to shelter 20 years later, kids are going to fucking pick this record up because I know I've done that. Like, I go, and it's easier now because I got YouTube. And it's like, if you go on YouTube, you press in something, man, you start to make all these great albums and groups, and that's what I'm doing. Like, 20 years later, these kids are going, some kids are going, like, what the fuck was this? And they're going to start listening to it, and, and that's what's happening right now. So I made that record for 20 years later, and I just took the money, and Abel Farad said, fuck it, don't make records for, get handcuffed for, um, for record companies anymore, come work with me, and you can still make records, and plus you can make music for my movies, and that movie, you get paid more. You deal with a whole different movie. The movie money and the record money is two different things. And I hang out with actors and directors and producers and writers and beautiful actresses. It's much better than hanging out with some dumb bitch with a fat ass or some rapping dumb bitch with a fat ass. This is boring as shit. But that, when he said that, I just, and I told the whole crew, like, look, y'all can come with me. And it was like, nah. And that's what I really didn't, I mean, then I started saying that it wasn't, it was like something rap and hip hop in the culture kind of like happened for some people. You know what I'm saying? Like for, for like me, guys like me, Bad Bob Freddy, Nelly Mel, um, uh, uh, we we were waiting for it to like to, to roll up so we can do this. Yeah. We knew we were going to do it. Some people just kind of like happened. Like some people became DJs because it was cool. And we ended up becoming good at it, but. Nobody wanted to, nobody out my personal crew wanted to come into the movie shop. And they, you know, because they looked too deep. They just kind of like went back to 52nd and Park Shop. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, went to South for friends. What was, um, what was your favorite collaboration in the early 90s? My favorite? My favorite collaboration was always going to be with Code Money. Um, yeah. And then with my family, um, in Park Shop and, and, and working with Ava Farrar. Is it true that the D stands for dynamite? <laughs> or is, uh, does the D does the D stand for uh, different? Personally, like Dino Mind. <laughs> uh, one of my other favorite lines. You got to tell me how you came up with this because it's great. Uh, Every time I sing about flowers, I lose some of my powers. <laughs> That's you. I uh, like that line. It makes sense. 
Tell me what it means. Um, you know what? I can't. It's that um, magical. It's such a magical line. It's, just, it's like it's, you know, one thing I figured out is you go around telling people, every time you tell somebody you do magic, and I do it, I just, just I do and trust the magic. Um, you lose, it's like for non believers, they take a little bit from you. Uh, some, and then I just know that some, some things is like, um, it's like, if you can't really explain it, then don't. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It is a great line, though. Um, it makes sense in the scheme of the poetic flow. The syncopation of your voice was different yeah. than other people in the early 80s, and that's one of the things, I think, that sets you aside from the other rappers, that you were doing it in a whole new, different type of way where you could actually, you know, hear the story. And I think that's why, you know, the punk rockers and, like, all the different generations of youth clung on to the music of Schooly D. So... We're going to take a quick pause here. Schoolie, since you're on the show, I always let my guests pick the track for the Bobcast audience to hear. What would you like them to hear? Now, you can decide. You can have a song of yours. or Changes by Buddy Miles. Changes by Buddy Miles here on the Bobcast with Schoolie D. D for Dynamite.
right, we're back here with Schoolie D. Schoolie, I gotta ask because I'm a big fan of the show. How did you get involved with Space Ghost? Um, they, uh, it was, you know, just like I was saying before, how, like, um, it's like, I had, um, people, people, I realized the real, I think I came, I was around that point where it's like people, like how Abel Farrell hired me and Network for King of New York, um, the, the, the producers at, at, um, at Adult Swim, um, loved my music and they had a show called Rudy and Go-Go Show and I was um, I was one of the characters called Jesse D um, so then they called me up and they said look we got this children's record to do would you like to do it so I'm reading a like with me group some other people um, and then you know they asked me like the, like Space Ghost is a huge man so it's like well when do you want to get paid for Space Ghost so I was like look man you know a couple thousand dollars here and there is okay but uh, keep your money and pay me for something else. And they were thrilled with it. And I was um, I was in New York working for um, doing the HBO series, uh, Subway Stories. And they gave me a call up. And um, they were like, we're coming over. And Space Ghost. I was fucking like, fucking me. Space Ghost? Fucking, fucking right. So I just, had, I just walked from the HBO studio. It was like four blocks. And they was in the studio. And they were just... It was fucking amazing because he had his whole shit on. He was space ghost, and he always spoke to me in a space ghost voice. And it reminded me so of what Collins always told me. He's like, Scooby Dooby, baby, 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 got to do it. If you keep it in the cartoon world, you can be everything you want. And this dude showed up as the cartoon. I was like, man, this is fucking freaky, but this is the shit. So, um, they, they, um, you know, it was like sort of going back and forth, they, you know what I mean? And, um, I think it was like a really good time also before the 2000s is a producer, a director, or uh, a television company, anybody, if they, they trusted their instincts on who to choose, what, you know what I'm saying, what musicians to choose, what publish to choose, now people just go to like, who's the, you know what I'm saying, who's the top five scholar. <laughs> you, you, you think the difference? So I was, I was caught up in an era where it was kind of like, you know, these are the guys I like, so these are the guys I want to help out. And it made, you know, and it made, and it made sense. Now, it's kind of like, it only makes sense to production companies that you, if you get rehired on somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Do you still work on uh, film? I, I know you have some stuff in the pipeline. What are you working on right now? Uh, we're working on the 14th season of Octopane right now. Um, uh, I'm, I'm composing a story about uh, Parkside. Um, it's a movie. It's going to be half animated, half um, real. Um, I just finished putting some music in um, a movie from a, a friend of mine um, in Rome. Um, working on another film. And I'm going to do a tour. I'm painting and sculpting. I'm, going to, I'm having my fifth um, art show open, gallery open in Mexico. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was painting and sculpting at fucking three. I was painting and shit. So I'm drawing you know, and painting on my album cover. So that, that part of my life is opening up. And um, I'm designing, like, you know, anything from speakers, vintage speakers to, like, I've got school ID converse. You know, um, I'm, I keep busy, so I, so I won't, you know, fucking do a lot of drugs and shit. Because <laughs> you know? you're fucking a sick man with money. It's, just like, it's, it's always a bad thing. I'm always getting in trouble. So, um, what's uh, what's uh, your drug of choice? Say that again? What's your drug of choice? 
Well, you know, you said it, so I had to ask. As a journalist, I had to ask. You know what? I was recording with some friends of mine, and I had never recorded with this cat. Scott Perry, P. It's a very famous Philadelphia rapper. Um, I'm not, not really outside of it, in, in, in Philly. And um, uh, he said, you know, he probably had to apologize to me because he was saying he was, he was one of the people who was breaking the rumors that I smoked crack. <laughs> I'm like, I never smoked no fucking crack. I'm just happy to fucking be here. You know what? You know what we could be? If you know what the fuck you could be, man, it's just like. I got like this crazy energy. I got just, I, I like to push buttons. I like to go to the edge and put the look over where most people can't do it unless they, you know, unless they got liquid courage, as they say. You know what I mean? And it's just like, wow. And, um, but no, I don't, you know, my drug of choice, I keep, you know, if you was a, if you was a 22 year old, you know, hottie tottie, I'd tell you, but you have to be a dude, so I'm not telling you. I can tell you what mine is it's creativity. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, being able to do creative things in the evening time. I have a job during the day, but you know, when push comes to shove, as an artist, you just want to get back to your lounge or whatever and create some art with some friends. Uh, yeah. Schoolie, what music do you got coming out next? Anything on the pipeline? I saw you at the Grape Room, yeah. and we're friends with Scooter. Um, you perform there uh, occasionally, but you got anything coming out that the yeah, audience could tune into? Yeah. Bobcast listeners can check out Schoolie D everywhere on the internet, social media. Just bing him up. Schoolie D, take a listen to some of his classic tracks. Schoolie, I hope to see you down at the Grape Room School pretty uh, yeah. soon with Scooter. And uh, I appreciate you coming on as a guest here on the Bobcast. Cool, 
Excellent. Yo, I'll hit you up, okay? Alright, late. B-boys in the front, back, side, and middle. Check out my B-boy rhyme a riddle. My DJ cold money, standing in the middle. Hey, diddle, diddle, hit the record like a fiddle. 